0: Thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics Oh yeah, good morning everybody. I hope you all are having an amazing day. It is finally finally hump day, you guys. That's right. It's Wednesday, January 3rd, and today is National Drinking Straw Day. That's right. Support plastic straws everywhere. And it's also Talking a straw, baby. Oh boy, here we go. There goes that strip club reference again, Rico. <laughs> it's also National Chocolate Covered Cherry Day. There's another strip club reference, and thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the East Coast and please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms you can look down below to see where we live on the internet and we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, twitch, Twitter, Rumble, Facebook, and Instagram so welcome to everyone joining us from any of those audiences it's it's, it's uh, six platforms, Luke, just so you know it 's more than five fingers just FYI but nonetheless we have the dope dad himself mr. Rico Lamite who who happens to be rocking a ball cap today because he obviously didn't comb his hair and he still has his paper you, you love You love to say that.
1: You love to say that. I, I'm going to start beginning to think that's racism, Jason. This is 2024. We need to leave that
0: behind. Why is that racism? Super racist. Hold on, C- I'm beginning. Hold on, to think that, me- combing combing your it was. hair is racist. I didn't say it was. I'm beginning.
1: I'm beginning to. I'm beginning to think that Jason I'm coming, all right, well, you Jason, know, how come you, you know, mean, it's it's nothing Rico. about me wearing a hat? Though it, 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 it's how how you have it, 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 yeah, got on. Why can't you say you're bald? Why can't you say you why not you say Didn't do his hair today. Luke definitely didn't do his hair. Not Luke doesn't You know what Have any
0: hair. Why you worried about that? Why you worried? Only Mandy can answer that question. My hair is
1: looking fresh, fresh and frothy this morning. You know what I'm saying?
0: Uh huh. Rico, you looking fly AF with a
1: hat or without a hat?
0: You know what I'm saying? Well, I go in and I pull out. I bet, I bet, pull out game strong over here, you guys. That's right, that's right. (laughs) Oh yes, that's right. It is the dope dad himself whose pull out game isn't strong, or else he wouldn't be a dope dad. That's right. It is none other than Rico (laughs) LeMaitre.
1: I would like to counter that argument, Jason, by saying, you know, pull-out game lasted uh, 32 years before I dropped my first. No, oh, 37 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm I mean. Anyways. Just let you Anyways, it. with a— uh... <laughs> So, um, cannabis use is—cannabis uh, is still the world's most used substance. And um, according to the United Nations report that was released uh, today— as the United Nations just released their uh, 2023 substance ab- uh, abuse report, and it said with an estimated 219 million cannabis users worldwide, um, we have extended our reign as the world's most used substance, while opioids continues to be the most causation of harm. Can we get a round of applause for weed around the world. Can we get that to you, Adam. Yes. As I fight off my little uh, RSV that I'm going through here, please bear with me. But the uh, report's executive summary stated that the drug use continues to be high worldwide. In 2021, the um, one in every— 17 people aged 15 to 64 in the world had used a drug in the past 12 months. Estimated number of users grew from 240 million in 2011 to 296 million <laughs> in 2021, and uh, that's 5.8 percent of the global population aged 15 to 64. There's a 23 percent increase, partly due to population growth. According to the report, cannabis uh, continues to be the most used drug, with estimated 219 million users, 4.3 percent of the global adult population, and that number is. Trending upward, perhaps a byproduct of legalization in the United States and elsewhere. But the report also showed a gender divide when it comes to uh, when it comes to pot use. Use of the drug is increasing, and although globally cannabis users are mostly men, about 70%, the gender divide is reducing in sub sub in some subregions. Women account for 42% of cannabis users in North America. Big big round of applause for the ladies. Well, oh, that makes you guys uh, attend the uh, Women's can Awards this year too. You like that little drop I did there, Mandy. You work. Yeah, yeah. Opioids. <laughs> Opioids, meanwhile, continue to be the group of substance with the highest contribution to severe drug-related harm, including fatal overdoses. Uh, that will come as little surprise to those in the United States, which have been mired uh, in an opioid epidemic for more than two decades, according to the Centers of, uh, of the CDC. Um, The number of people in the U.S. who died from a drug overdose in 2021 was six times the number in 1999. The number of drug overdose deaths increased more than 16 percent from 2020 to 2021. Among the uh, nearly 107,000 drug overdose deaths in the U.S. in uh, 2021, more than 75 percent of them involved an opioid. Uh, The CDC says that the rise in opioid overdose deaths can be outlined in three distinct waves. The first uh, began with increased prescribing of opioids in the 1990s, with overdose deaths involving prescription opioids, both natural and synthetic opioids, uh, and methadone, increasing since um, at least 1999. The second wave began in 2010, at rapid increase in overdose deaths involving heroin. Big shout out to the Sacklers for that. Uh, The third wave began in 2013 with significant increase overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids, particularly those involving illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Uh, The market for illicitly manufactured fentanyl continues to change, and it can be found in a combination of heroin counterfeit pills and cocaine. So, um, big win for cannabis spreading all over the world. If, if you want to see the full report, there should be links to that, I'm um, um, including in this story, on where Jason, hi at 9news.com. That's right. Um, you forgot the W. But I am uh, interested in hearing the rest of the team's thought on this, Weed for the World. I like it, man. Mm, I
0: mean, it's amazing that the UN is saying that cannabis is so popular, but yet they're not doing anything about their policies in regards to it.
2: Um, I think that's mostly because the U.S. needs to take the lead on it. I mean, the U.N., you can drop the N and just put S on the on the end of that. It's a, basically an organization that was created by us. I mean, we do fund us. it. We do fund it. It's an organization that was created by us. It was right after the League of Nations mm-hmm. that was created it by us. It might as well us. be FUBU, right? It might as well be FUBU. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, boy. So, um... You know, that's just going to be when the, the, the US leads on it. Now, this is my thing, though. The, I think that number, Rico, was it 2.8% of the world's population? I, I didn't, 5. It 8. was a single digit. Mm-hmm. It was pretty small. And I think that number is a lot larger. And here, uh, there's a couple of oh, reasons. Yeah. Is because in most countries that they're asking this question, cannabis is punishable by some pretty severe penalties, sometimes death. So, you're not going to get a lot of people to go onto a poll and say, hey, yeah, I use cannabis. Um, you know, in the U.S., of course, it's becoming more accepted. But even before I went into prison, uh, when these polls came out, a lot of people were very leery about answering them correctly or accurately or truthfully. So... I mean, I think that number is a lot bigger, but we need to get it much bigger, right? Cause I am like a strong believer in the more people are touched by the plant, the more people interact with the plant, the more people that grow the plant, the more people that cultivate it, the more people that consume it, the better off the general community and society is. Um, you know, there's of course limitations on it, um, excess and all that stuff, but you know, generally speaking, overall, the cannabis plant has so many benefits to it that the more people that are 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 able to experience it, the better off they're going to be. So I'm I'm with it, man. Applaud the applaud the uh, world. Keep going, world. Keep growing. Keep
3: blazing. Keep consuming. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the one. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think. I agree with what Luke said, especially what he said about you know we had we saw the same thing in the U.S. prior to states starting to legalize adult use, where so it's everything is self-reported, right? So when you when you live in a place where prohibition still exists, your self-reporting is is naturally going to be a lot lower. Um, but I, I'd be interested to see how that how that number is impacted when places with really big populations, like for example India, where they're just starting to to dip their toes into a, a regulated medical program. I mean, they have, you know, a billion and a half people. So if they hit 10% of their population becoming regular cannabis users, think about the impact that has on, you did know, the you percentage say, of people around the world. Did, yeah. you, did you throw China in here? I said
0: India, not China. Oh, India, but, India, but, India, okay, okay, all right, all right. That makes more sense. That makes yeah, more yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, sure. I
3: don't know enough about China's marijuana laws to talk about. I
0: know a little bit more Let about India. Let me tell India's. you something, China's marijuana laws, you go to jail that's china's marijuana laws
4: yeah period yeah that's it india Um, india i'm sure it's the same
2: it's more than jail jail. it depends on how you get caught in china but you you they can
0: they will execute you they i mean i i'm not saying that they wouldn't
4: you know you know when i when i hear things like this it makes me just reflect on the fact that or not fact excuse me but reflect on what the world would be like today had this plant never been outlawed, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And where we would be at with mental health therapies and um, all sorts of different medical treatments that we already know that this plant is helpful for, but just how much farther along and also how irrelevant things like this news show would be had Mm -hmm. this plant never been outlawed, right? Like (laughs) everything that we're doing is news worthy, sort of,
0: Everything I do is newsworthy.
4: Because it's new. Speak for yourself. As this plant um, becomes a bigger piece of overall wellness acceptance on a global scale, I think that we're going to start to see a lot more um, unity. In a lot of different things in the way that we um, treat people medicinally, the Mm -hmm. way that we interact with each other in social platforms. Um, I just really think that this plant is a a major uniter and has the potential not to solve the world's problems, but definitely to help people see things through a different lens. Mm -hmm.
0: I I mean, I think it can help a lot of problems overall. I don't think it's going to cure. I don't think it's going to create world peace, but it definitely can create create a lot of ends to a lot of uh, economic strife that's happening across the world. That's for sure.
1: I say it's bullshit, Jason. I say we can create world peace. Stop it. Straight up. You're a dreamer. Why can't it not? You're a dreamer. Like, like, on, on some real shit, like on the only, some the only thing that can create. You don't create, have to, You don't have to. You don't have to think thing like, like a massive. The only
0: thing that can create world peace would be the will of people. That I'm are not saying work. it will. I'm saying it could. It's not. You're a dreamer. Some people say I'm you're a dreamer, but right. I'm not Happy. the only one. Yes, and with all these dreams, we're gonna go to a commercial and dream about one. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
1: He's known for yes. bo- smoking the best weed in the world. But you know what? You just might catch him in the next few weeks campaigning in Maine and campaigning oh, yes. in Colorado right. <laughs> to get former despots back on the ballot. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck.
0: Oh, yeah, don't worry, bro. I'm, he's gonna be there. Don't. I'm not worried about any of that, okay? You know what? I mean, but I'll tell you what you should be worried about. You know why? Because the Tennessee agriculture officials want to curb CBD and THCA smokables. And they offer a cryptic response to questions, you guys. That's right. Tennessee lawmakers passed legislation to begin regulating hemp-derived cannabinoid products last year, banning the selling of them to those under the age of 21. But the Tennessee Department of Agriculture's new rules submitted in December go further and attempt to curb the selling of hemp-derived cannabinoid products like THC. <laughs> excuse me like thca and cbd flour by changing the rules around what qualifies as thc the psychoactive ingredient most commonly found in marijuana tennessee law prevents any cannabinoid product containing 0.3 percent delta 9 thc from being sold keeping marijuana illegal in the state the federal hemp Farm bill passed in 2018 legalized the growing of hemp plants containing Delta-8, that's not true, and opened up the door to new forms of THC-like products. That's not necessarily true either, but okay. THCA and CBD are legally sold as smokable flowers and in edibles in Tennessee, and THCA flower has become popular because it's considered non-psychoactive by state law. It essentially becomes THC when it comes in contact with a flame thca and cbd flowers are often indistinguishable from traditional marijuana except when tested in a lab and this makes it harder for law enforcement officials to distinguish between the different cannabinoid products potentially leading to fewer probable cause police searches and raids by the tennessee bureau of investigations the problem has arisen most recently in chattanooga where a hemp show owner is suing the city's police department alleging his products were wrongly seized during a traffic stop because they were mistaken for illegal marijuana. The Department of Agriculture declined to sp- specify um to specifically answer questions sent instead Kim Doddrich the department spokes Person responded to all questions by stating the proposed rules establish requirements for hemp derived cannabinoid products as required by the legislation. The rulemaking for this new legislation is still underway. Tennessee lawmakers tried to ban hemp-derived products uh, outright in 2022, but couldn't muster up the votes necessary to pass the measure. State officials estimated uh, estimate selling uh, Delta-8 and similar products generated $180 million in economic value for the state, and this prompted lawmakers to look at regula- regulating the industry rather than banning the products. Oh, because they're getting that money. That's why. The new law also gave the Department of Agriculture the authority to write rules around regulating Delta-8, CBD, and THC products. And the department submitted these rules in December, which go into effect as early as July 1st, 2024. The Department of Agriculture will hold a public hearing on the changes February 2nd in Nashville, Tennessee, you guys. Well, well, well. Sounds like Tennessee is coming after all your THCA flowers, so where are you guys going to go on the internet to buy that if you live in Tennessee? That's what I want to know, and this is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News. What do y'all think? Oh, man. Probably just drive over to Kentucky or somewhere,
3: Texas. <laughs> I, I mean. Pretty much. It depends. This whole, like, listen, the whole,
2: the whole THCA thing, thing is, I mean... It's so funny, I'm right? Just sitting, I'm just sitting no back looking at the whole thing. I've, I have got a hunch of which way this is going to go, but, I mean, this is almost hilarious. It, I'm is. Just, it is.
3: It's absolutely hilarious. I've gotten into an argument with a guy at a smoke shop here in Texas because he was, you know, trying to explain to me. I'm like, you don't know. THCA is, mm-hmm. like, that's just... Flour, bro. Like that is regular flour. Like it's a loophole of when it's being tested and how they're calculating the percentage. Mm-hmm. And he argued with me for 20 minutes. And then he like got frustrated and left. And the next time I saw him, he apologized to me and was like, "Oh my bad, bro. Like You actually." I was like, "Dude, I'm telling you, that is just flour."
2: I mean, listen, me and Rico got together last weekend, and we sniffed a kilo of THCA, and it, we didn't even get high. I don't know what Canna happened. Cannabumps? Like... Huh? Canna <laughs> it, it was crazy. It was crazy. We did all kinds of green lines. No, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. So if any, any of the watchers, don't sniff THCA, and we did not. So we didn't do that. Yeah, so
0: just, that snort, just snort CBD, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> CBD. Go, go to your local. Uh, no, whatever. whatever, shop. whatever,
1: whatever we you know, bring what, up you know what's can actually really things.
0: good to snip is
3: do a little bump of some Keef. I think you'll really enjoy that. Oh, right. my God. Oh, that sounds on, so hey, rash. Hey, uh, hey. Oh, you know, whenever you know, we bring know, bring up, do not I, do, I, not do I, that, I, do not do that. Whenever we bring up the catabumps thing, I got to bring
1: it back to how silent that doctors Not like the cinnamon
4: were. challenge, but with Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what's going on
1: here? Like, how silent the doctors were in Dr. T and I think it's Dr. T and Dr. Felicia both confirmed. That taking it through the nose is the most effective way to. I get thought the they said
0: putting up your butt was the most. Effective <laughs> I was gonna say. I think that's, I think you're thinking of boofing. Yeah, I think you're thinking of boofing, bro. You're
1: you're confusing well, boofing with spoofing. No, no, we could actually run. Uh, we actually run the tape. Oh, we're gonna run um, the tape. Yeah, okay. they did say they did say suppositories were uh, were quicker, but a more uh, um, um, a more accepted use mm-hmm. publicly uh, would probably be snorting it and snorting uh THC through the nostrils actually gets it into your system uh better
2: Hold on did you Rick, did you say yeah. the more popular, yeah. popular use
1: was the suppository more publicly yeah. accepted use more publicly uh, would accepted. be the snorting I guess that be that's that's you're you're asking, asking right you're probably not you're probably not going to go to a suppository uh party i mean um I should retract that statement. You I don't might, wanna, you might be I don't able to on anybody. Like, there might be some you suppository might, yeah, parties might. going on. But
0: I, <laughs> so after our spot in I, BTLA, I have a question. If, if you're going to do you're,
5: that, guys, if you're, there's a, there's an accessory we used to use in medicine called a finger cot. It's a condom for one finger, so you can stick it up their ass and not get all of your hand. Oh, We're going to have man. to add yes. those. That'll be new merch. Okay? You'll find that. You'll find that, that in a. You'll, you'll find that in a harm reduction clinic
0: near oh. you somewhere. Okay. I can't, uh, can't hear you anymore. To the you <laughs> beat me to the punch on that one. Do you find that in one of those booths? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wonder. I just have a serious question for you guys. Um is is it all is, I mean, it, you know, is it still considered boofing if you're sticking it up your nose too? Yeah, I I don't think it's called boofing. I think I think you could still call it. I mean, you're still sticking it in an orifice.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it's the way it's being absorbed is different. <laughs> Let you tell it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah oh man, if it's, we, if
1: it's like crystalline.
3: Or if it's like PAX, all right. How about right, and, this, Jason? You know, next time you go to a party, why don't you bust out a bag no, of no, like no, 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 THPA and ask people if they want to boot it. it? And when they
0: not my style, bro. <laughs> not my style. Not my style. I'll let you do that out out in uh, Austin, you got the, these dials. The, the only city, that permits that in Texas. <laughs> yes, um, but we do. We know. did. We did have two very interesting uh, comments in the chat, you guys. My buddy Anthony, Mr. Spado, he's he's talking about snowballs. He thinks you guys should snort some snowballs. Uh. Yes.
4: Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. Yes, those and, are gross. Have you seen them?
0: Of course, they're oh, what gross. Are they're like they're disgusting. They're snowballs. Nugs of weed they're just, they're just like old school honey bud with T-A key, T-A with dirty teeth all around it.
4: Yeah, oh, they're disgusting. On, yeah. Like, like super. Ratchet. Yeah, you could get super we, we, we,
0: we high. But... We back in, we, we back in like 2013, right now. They're like, they're like old school, old school moon rocks back in the day. Yeah, it is. sounds yeah. like moon rocks. Yeah, and then also too. Yeah, it's, uh,
4: it's much more intense than moon rocks.
0: And and much and and, and and Vermont alternative. He said that the latest thing that is being sold in Canada is THC A. Selling. Oh, I just yeah. don't know
3: <laughs> I just don't
0: know what these kids are doing nowadays mm-hmm I mean apparently they're they're I mean, I don't even want to go into what the kids are doing, bro. It's just all bad. And on that, we're going to roll right on into attorney at law, Mr. Dale Schaefer. He's the founder of Armada Law Practice and at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime. And he has a breaking lawsuit that everybody wants to hear about today. That's right. It is none other than attorney at law and founder of Armada Law Practice, Mr. Dale Schaefer.
5: Hi. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's your favorite tio Loco yeah. out here in the West Coast. We're finally getting some rain and snow in the mountains here. My story this morning involves Catalyst, uh, and they've sued the state of California over um, the state demanding that they pay a tax on cannabis accessories. And this one's, this one's going to be a battle. Um, and it starts with a proposition that we passed here in California, Prop 64, which actually set the um, excise tax and what it could be collected from, which is cannabis and cannabis products. And they define that as from the plant or goes through a process to convert the plant into some usable product. And it also defines cannabis accessories as everything else, including stuff you use to smoke or inhale or ingest um, cannabis. So what we have here is um, some changing of the tax laws that took place at the end of 22, or actually beginning of 2023. And Prop 64 placed the burden of collecting this tax on a retailer, the state changed that quickly and put it on the distributor. And then they changed it back to the retailer starting January 1 of 23. And what was allowed to happen is a a distributor um, could segregate and separately state the value of a cannabis accessory that had some cannabis product in it. And these are typically disposable um, vape pens or vape carts. okay? And you buy them. They had some cannabis in them, but they had a battery and they had a heating element and a bunch of other shit. And when you're done, you throw it away. Okay. And what had happened is the distributors would, would state the value of the cannabis product on an invoice as it moved to the retailer. It would only charge the excise tax on the cannabis product. And that seemed to be cool okay, until they changed the rules to the retailer. And our Department of Tax and Fee Administration decided that, no, no, the entire vape pin value was going to now be taxed, the excise tax. And so they uh, went after Catalyst, and just to be clear, this is one of the Catalyst branded retail stores, and I'm gonna assume every one of them has a different separate corporation that owns it, but they're Catalyst retailers. And the state decided, well, we're gonna audit you, and they determined that Catalyst had grossly underpaid their excise tax because they had issued these separate statements on their invoices that, let's say the vape pin's 40 bucks, and the value of the um, uh, product in it is only five bucks, they'd only charge you the 15% of that which was you know cents on the dollar. But the state wanted the entire 15% of the $40 value, and that's where Catalyst said, nah, if you do that, we're gonna appeal it. Uh, the state actually did it, they issued a notice of determination of, of uh, uh, taxes due, and Catalyst appealed it and Catalyst Catalyst in their appeal said, we're standing on the the rules that say you can only tax cannabis and cannabis products and what we had previously done, which the CDFA signed off on, okay? Well, what Catalyst is saying is that uh, immediately after they filed their appeal, uh, the CDTFA uh, proposed emergency regulations to change the rules about how you tax cannabis accessories. And Catalyst is claiming that you rammed it through, their emergency authority ran out in the end of 2023, so they had to get it on the books before the end of the year. They rammed it through, they manufactured an emergency, and they, they did secret changes to an existing regulation, and they created a new regulation, which came up with the term, optional, tangible, personal property. One of these things that got pulled right out of somebody's ass, and attorneys just make a lot of money because no one knows what it means and we fight about it for years. But realistically, it means if you buy a separate um, vaping device and you can put a cartridge in it and the separate device is optional, you don't have to buy it with the vape part, but if you have to buy the entire device together with the cannabis product in it, and it's gonna be taxed as a cannabis product. That's where the pissing match starts, okay? So Catalyst um, has sued the Department of Tax and Fee Administration and the Office of Administrative Law that's supposed to look at these regulations and approve them. And they're claiming they both colluded to ram this through to take away their ability to appeal um, the determination they owe taxes. Now, this is going to be a war, folks. Because if you haven't heard about California, it'll take every opportunity to tax the shit out of you. It's just the nature of the beast here. And under our initiative rules, the voters pass an initiative, it can't be changed unless you follow specific rules inside the initiative that allow it to be changed. Our initiative said you can only tax cannabis and cannabis products. And if you're gonna increase the tax, you have to go back to the legislature and get a supermajority vote to allow an increase. There's the start of the war. If you're going to now allow them to tax cannabis accessories, that seems to me like it's an increase in tax, and they didn't go to the legislature and get their necessary supermajority vote. That's just one of the problems. Okay. The other one, another one, is that the legislature had granted the CDFA the authority to um, engage in emergency regulations, um, and if they enact an emergency regulation, that regulation can be valid for up to two years, okay? So there's gonna be a war here over how long this is gonna last. In a realistic sense, once you enact a a law, especially in California, getting it undone is almost impossible. So they start collecting against these cannabis accessories and it's gonna be valid for two years. By the time we get the end of two years, the legislature will find some way to rubber stamp this and keep it going. So what I see coming is potentially a class action here for anybody who followed these previous rules and separately stated the value of the cannabis product from the accessory, and they're gonna now don't wanna pay extra taxes. And what I'm not clear about how this is gonna be done is if you didn't separately state these values, uh, are you in a line to get a refund if it turns out that you can't tax people for a cannabis accessory? I don't have an answer for this yet. I want to emphasize this is just the complaint. It's a verified complaint, so everything in this is, is attested to be true, so the state can't just say, oh, we disagree. No, you got to answer every allegation in this uh, line by line and either admit it, deny it, or deny it based upon lack of information and belief. So this is going to be a mess going forward. Um, uh, my firm is handling some of this stuff, so we're happy to answer questions, but this this is going to be a Pier 6 brawl here, because I think people have overpaid taxes to a significant extent in this state, and maybe it's time that we ask to have some of that back and definitely stop the state from collecting more taxes from people who thought they were filing the rules. And it looks like they're trying to make this retroactive back to January 1st of 23, and in in legal terms, that's an ex post facto law. You can't move the goal line back to a point where people were doing things that they thought were legal and go, oh, no, no, we're going to make it illegal ex post facto back to when we want it to start. That's, that's not that's true. They, they, they,
0: they can do that, and they have a, they have a, uh, they've done it in the past.
5: Well, yeah, but you can go to court and stop them. And that's what I'm saying. Ex post facto laws are unconstitutional, like bills of attainder, where you draft a law in Congress or legislature says, I'm gonna go charge some particular person. You can't do that either. I mean, they can try it, but you can stop them. So that, this is the opening battle in a war. So let's, let's throw it back to you. What do you guys all think about this? This is going to go on for a while. Well, first of all, I want to give
0: Elliot and 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 the whole Catalyst team a big round of applause for filing this lawsuit. It takes a lot to, to stand up He's against doing the it state for the people. in regards with this, and uh, and 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 I do agree with you, Dale. I think I think ultimately it'll turn into a class action lawsuit, and I think every single cannabis uh, retailer, cultivator, and distributor and manufacturer will be entitled to a major uh major tax credit going into their coffers to where they may not pay taxes for two or three, four years.
2: Yeah, I, I disagree. I disagree with that, Jay. And I'll tell you why <clears throat> the state usually doesn't like to give money back after they already have it. Number one, number two, I disagree kind of with how this turns out. And maybe Dale will correct me on this because my legal mind is going in a different direction. I don't like lawsuits, right? I, especially in the industry, we get a bunch of these lawsuits. This one, however, like I'm gonna have to say Catalyst in this fight with the the tax man is right. The way the law is written, you can tax cannabis products. Listen, it ain't our fault that you didn't write the law how you wanted to, if you wanted to tax everything and wanted to put your hand in everybody's pocket. That's not our fault. We pay you and put you and elect you to sit on that hill to be able to do it correctly. That's that's another point, okay? Um, But obviously what happened here, and Dale, you alluded to this, is they saw that catalyst was gonna possibly prevail on this, and they moved the goalpost back. This is super typical of local government. They used to do this to us when we were opening dispensaries back in the early 2000s. You, you, would, you would go and you would try to meet all these, these requirements. They'd continue to move the goalpost back on you, moratoriums and bans. But this is where I think that, in my sense, this is where I would go with it. I would file, I, I would go straight to the federal court. The ninth circuit is going to be favorable in this one and I would move for an injunction. I'd file a TRO first and then I'd go for 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 a full injunction afterwards. <laughs> and I think that would be the move to stop this temporarily anyway so that we can figure it out before they try to con- continue to make this a mess because it is going to be a mess. And when people continue to get taxed when they shouldn't be and then the state has the money like good luck getting that back. So I let's I don't, I don't think I don't
0: think anyone's gonna get a mon- any money back, Luke. I'm saying that I think that they'll get a tax credit so they don't have to pay in going forward.
2: I mean, I hope you're right, Jay I really do but yeah. I listen, I'm super pessimistic when the state has has their bread in their hand
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah when they've already got the money in hand it's it's easier to fight for. You know, yeah, I, I I um you you, you can Yeah, love, first you can love I just wanna say that um yeah, right, you know, thank you, Catalyst, for always giving us great news no matter what. Yes. We always get great stories coming out of you guys. And I love, 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 love these stories that are on behalf of the entire industry. I mean, there is no soldier left behind in this lawsuit for our industry. So thank you for that. Um and thank you for being so brave. Um, this it takes a lot. It takes a lot financially. It takes a lot emotionally. It takes a lot um, from your businesses. It's on this, even though it is going to benefit your business, it, it's, it's a huge step. And so thank you. Um, I love this lawsuit. And I think someone, I don't know who said it in the chat, might be Nick, maybe. Um, someone said that this is a, a lawsuit that is gonna bring the industry together.
0: I agree with yeah. that. It definitely does yeah. bring the industry together because I think every single person in the industry thinks this is a good thing. I haven't talked to one yeah. person that says that right. oh no, this is this is bad or has something uh, n- negative to say in regards to. I think I think everybody comes out a winner. The only loser in this part is going to be the state um, ultimately. I, I don't see how the state ultimately well, Are they wins really this. a loser though? Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I don't think there's any way for them to actually win. No, I mean
2: overall, yeah, you're right. They're, I don't think they win either, or or unless unless the judge finds that they went back and did it right. But that's beside the point. We know that's but, all BS, though. Right, we do know that, yeah. but that happens. That's my point. Is mm-hmm. like we know it's BS, but a lot of times they just they side with BS. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I agree, dog. I, but I don't think it's a loss for the state. I think the state what shouldn't shouldn't have get shouldn't be getting it in the first place. So it. Doesn't you, you? can't lose something that wasn't yours.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, my yeah. question yeah, just, is: just, the pays tax. To
1: Step in there real is quick the and consumer say, consumer have up, standing up to, to Elliot, go in and sticking their necks out there, and um, is a great use of Elliot's platform. I know people. There's plenty of people who love and hate Elliot, but um, him using this plat his platform to get word out about this mm-hmm. is a big unifier. I just wanted to step in and say that real quick.
5: Yes. I what were you saying, Dan? Oh, one of the questions we talked about earlier, Jason, was whether the taxpayer, the person who actually pays yeah. that tax. I was going to go into that store as standing to bring this suit. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I haven't, I didn't research it. This is a 40 page suit that I went through last night and it's like, shit, I saw all sorts of issues going different directions. I think a taxpayer is outstanding because the law says you can't, that you can only tax cannabis products and cannabis. And this is clearly a tax on a cannabis accessory. They don't have any of the baggage going on inside the industry. You told me to pay a tax. It's supposed to be on a cannabis product. You tax me for an accessory. I want that to be declared uh, an illegal tax and I want it refunded. That would blow the lid off of this taxpayer. I, 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 I think.
0: I think. I think. I think. Sounds like our model law uh, practice is going to start a pro bono uh, lawsuit on behalf of the patients uh, in a class action lawsuit, um, and and we'll help you find all the necessary patients, Dale, for your firm. Yeah. So Matt, well, hold on, though. real I mean, quick, quick question, Dale.
5: Part, it, um, see, that's the problem. These cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You guys got, got that, bro? It you, guys to, like this, you guys grow weak. You guys grow weak. You guys got weak. that? Dale, I
2: got a quick question though. Dale, I got a quick question. So, say I have a factory and I built a car and I put a gram of rosin in my car. They could tax me
5: for the entire car? Well, they could try. And that's what we're seeing right here. Yeah, that's basically, that that, that's a great category. example. That's exactly yeah. what's happening with this. Yeah. Well, the analogy the catalyst gave was a vape, a disposable vape pins, 40 bucks. Yep. Um the concentrate inside of it's five bucks. So they paid a tax on five bucks, not the forty bucks. I agree with that. Okay. I don't know if that's an accurate figure, but you know, let's say you buy a, a car and they they draw you here, we're gonna we're gonna gift you a free a gram of concentrate. Mm-hmm. Boom, we're gonna charge the entire forty thousand dollar car as a cannabis product. Yeah, bullshit. You know, five year olds don't buy that story. Yep, exactly. Um, just to jump in real quick too, Dale, if they are getting Five
2: dollar rosin. Can you have them tap in with um, profit because that that sounds like a good deal. Yeah, it sounds
0: to me like it probably doesn't taste good.
4: Sounds like bad rosin. <laughs> yeah, sounds like
0: sounds like <laughs> trash. Um, D- Dale, quick question for you because we, we we did uh, t- touch on this uh, uh prior t- or and and you said you said that the state the state uh it, it's illegal what they were doing in the end of your things and then i and then i stepped in and i said uh i said no i've i've, I've witnessed them do that in the past when they make the retroactive taxes go pre when they're saying what what is that called it's called an ex post facto law uh, ex post After facto a fact. law 2007 the state of California all of a sudden decided to say that California was taxable, and not only were dispensaries responsible for pay, paying sales tax as of as of uh, as of 2007, but for any dispensary that was open before that, you were retroactively charged for being for for you you, you retroactively owed sales tax even that you'd never collected sales tax because it was never a requirement prior. And they, they came after well, me for listen, $1.8 Tate, that's, million. Dollars.
2: That's not actually true, though. That's 100% at the true. At the, at the beginning of the dispensary system, it wasn't stated that there was two schools of thought. There was one school of thought that no, said, no, because no, it's a on, medicine, it shouldn't be taxed. Hold on, hold and then on. there was another Kathleen school of thought Lemons. that said, hey, look, guys... Pay your taxes because that is going to be the thing that unites these
0: local governments to
2: be able to want you to have
0: dispensaries in their jurisdictions. Hold on. We're going to go. We're going to go deep into this because because during er, there was one store operator that in the beginning started to pay sales tax and wanted to, like, break that wave. And that was Kathleen Lemons with the Hemp Center on Gary Boulevard in San Francisco. And let me tell you, this is way before Gilbert. OK, way before Gilbert. But OK, Kathleen Lemons was a CPA prior or her husband was a CPA prior and whatnot. So they thought that that was going to be a legal way. But let me tell you something. The state came after them harder than anybody. And they had more problems in the beginning than anyone else. They had the very first till taps in a cannabis dispensary and everything, all because they were trying to pay taxes. And the state of California said that, that, that they didn't want the money. They didn't want nothing to do with it. Okay. So, so now, therefore, now then, in then in 2007, they switched their whole position up and said every dispensary is responsible for paying sales tax. Now, cannabis is now a taxable item, and on top of it, it's retroactive if you've been open prior to this date.
2: Now, that's a great story. But let me tell you about California Healthcare Collective in 2004. Go for we it. We paid our sales tax from the jump, Dong. We paid it from the jump. We never had any problem with the state on the on the sales tax tip. The board of equalization loved us because by the end of it, we are actually made to prepay our taxes. I don't know how that works, but for some reason, once we made a, a certain amount of dollar over that dollar amount, they made us pay the tax at the beginning of the month.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah, so- they'll, they'll, they'll do that. They, they they will do that. I I have seen them do that to people, uh, where you have to pay you have to pay estimated uh, based upon based upon what you anticipate your revenue. I have watched them do that, and I. Have seen them do that and they they have tried to do that to me I told them to go fuck themselves
2: Well we paid it we paid it we continue To pay it Um, pay your taxes I'm not going to say don't pay your taxes so pay your taxes. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say, tax, and I'm I'm gonna say, say that now what we do as a people, though, is we come together and unite and we change those tax laws because we get to decide what those are. Those tax laws are coming out of our pocket. You get to decide where those go.
0: And I'm going to say on that, um, Luke, before we go to the commercial, I'm going to say that Benjamin Franklin said that it's every American's duty to pay as least tax as possible. And on that, we'll be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The microtexture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures and With the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. And Stop whatever point. you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. And also make sure that you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already. By do, hitting the like button, that will actually improve your self-esteem for yourself. And so we want to make sure that we are encouraging you to do that. Also, all the articles that you that you hear on today's story, you can read on our website at www.hiatnightnews.com. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smokey Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch
2: coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the
0: legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively
2: creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go.
4: That says yeet. Like, we need a ye, that. A
0: ye button? <laughs> we'll try to work on right? that on the soundboard. We'll try to figure I want it by next episode.
1: All right, y'all. With over a decade of regulated cannabis industry uh, technology and data experience under his belt, our next correspondent stays on his grind. So it's no surprise that he's currently working on a pro athlete focused lifestyle brand by the same damn name. Give it up, y'all, for Soham Stahl.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Rico. Got so a delayed, my uh,
0: uh, uh, applause over there. You know I what mean, it's, it's <laughs> really Adam funny. was brushing his hair again. He, he gave me the slow, the slow clap. BG's <laughs> on. <laughs> all right, Do so my
3: clap. Uh, yeah. So my story today is about a new ballot initiative that is hopefully going to be on the ballot in Colorado that will allow medical marijuana patients to obtain concealed carry permits for firearms. Um, Since, you know, probably going back to even the 1996 uh, Prop Prop 215 days in California and all the early medical laws, there's always been a question of does a medical marijuana card or recommendation negate the lawful, the unlawful drug use statute um, or the the option on the ATF form that you fill out when you go to to purchase a firearm and, and submit to a background check? Um, so the group in Colorado is uh, named Guns for Everyone, and uh, they see marijuana as a low-hanging fruit for, uh, for Second Amendment advocacy. Uh, and they say that they have some pretty good consensus among both gun store owners and dispensary owners. It's uh, shifted a little bit now, that cannabis use and uh, the presence of dispensaries has become more normalized in the past 10 years in Colorado. Um, so they're hoping they have actually a meeting today with the Secretary of State to get final approval for the initiative to appear on the ballot. And if it does, then it'll uh, it'll appear at the end of the year. This is one of the first states uh, that is actually proactively protecting uh, cannabis users right to, buy and and possess firearms. Uh, The other one that very notably comes to my mind is is Oklahoma's law a couple years ago that it wasn't intended necessarily to protect cannabis users' rights uh, to own guns. It was just meant to uh, basically not restrict any type of gun ownership in Oklahoma by any federal agency order, administrative action, executive order, anything like that. And unintentionally, the ATF's position statement that Uh, cannabis use is still considered unlawful, fell under that. So unintentionally, medical marijuana users in Oklahoma are allowed to possess firearms based on that statute. Um, So, yeah, um, I guess we'll see what happens. First of all, whether this even makes it on the ballot. And then once it does get on the ballot, whether it passes. Um, As somebody that grew up in Colorado, I I feel like this is something that is going to pass. It's always been a very purple state, if you will. Um, a place where people believe both in their right to consume cannabis and the privacy of their home, and to own firearms. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, and I'm very interested in hearing what the rest of the team thinks. I,
0: I just hope this gets on the ballot. I think this is an so, issue huh? that
1: Lauren uh, that Lauren Boebert should uh, should take
0: up. Oh, that would be amazing <laughs> yeah. if she did. <laughs> Oh is right up her alley. I would love (laughs) that. That would be amazing if she started a campaign for this. This is
4: really, really important. I mean, this is this is a right as an American to have your own firearms. And just because you use cannabis, you shouldn't be having that right taken away. This Mm is this is huge.
3: I mean, Dale, maybe you can jump in, <laughs> excuse me, as the attorney, but this is really a 10th Amendment issue, right? Are we actually allowing states to determine what is lawful activity within their state or not? Or is a law like Amendment 64 in Colorado, which says anybody over the age of 21 is allowed to possess and consume cannabis, can the federal government just on their own decide? You you cut out so hum. You cut out right there for a second. Oh, I don't know. I just went on yeah. mute for a second. I don't know why. Weird. Um, but yeah, I guess the question is, can the federal government decide that this is still considered unlawful and, you know, take away a fundamental constitutional right?
5: Well, at this point, under federal law, it is unlawful to possess cannabis, which is a Schedule 1 drug, uh, while you're in possession of a firearm. This This deals with Colorado law and a concealed weapons law, which is definitely a state law, and I, I can see a split here of authority where the state would say it's okay for you to carry a gun, a concealed weapon, while you're possessing cannabis, but the feds could walk in and arrest you and charge you federally. And then you have a Second Amendment missing match here, okay? Because you, the the Constitution applies to the state through the post-Civil War amendments, where they applied, the Second Amendment applies directly to the state. They can't make a law which restricts your ability to keep and fair and... Even and bear arms. That's going to be the now, pissing match. Now, um, now this is what I, I this is, is my news actually
2: news. add on to that Dale is the reason is I don't really feel this is a 10th amendment issue. Uh, so hum is because the 10th amendment basically states that, uh, it's, the states are sovereign and reserve the right to regulate and make their own laws of things that the feds don't regulate and make their own laws. Now, from the beginning, the feds have regulated firearm possession and use, and they made, with the Second Amendment, allowed it and allowed it in certain circumstances. So that's why you don't have really a Tenth Amendment issue here, because this was already federally regulated from the RIP. So, but... It is. I think that. I think the other side of the argument, because it was fed regulated from the beginning, that is where you really attack this from. Because the the founders did not make any kind of stipulation on whether or not you used a medicine or whether or not you had an ailment, if that made you or barred you from possessing a firearm. So all that stuff was created after the fact. I think that's the that's the argument that you that you go here instead of using the 10th amendment you would really attack it using the 2nd amendment.
0: Yeah, I, I would really like to see the NRA step in and and uh and, and endorse this and maybe even put some money in uh, uh They it got, got their own seniors problems seniors right now, gathering. Jason. I'm just saying that's what I would like to the see. The NRA got they they working through their own problems right now. <laughs> yeah. Man Wayne And I mean the, the air. NRA is way
3: I mean, way beyond is a just a gun,
4: gun new gun. allies on their team.
0: Exactly exactly
5: well but this is the reason why so many of my veteran clients never wanted to get one of those medical marijuana cards and be mm-hmm. on paper yep as you know using cannabis because there's a question here i, I don't know the answer to it honestly i mean a lot of attorneys going to make a lot of money trying to figure this out because you do have the, t- the 10th amendment might be applicable here because any, any power that's not specifically given to the federal government or prevented from the states, the states have that power, okay? Mm-hmm. now what does that mean? Because the, the grant of authority to keep and bear arms is an amendment to the Constitution. It's not a specific grant for the federal government. It's a prohibition from the government doing certain things. Okay, So you just see the layers of shit happening here. And People who are into the gun industry don't want to admit that they smoke weed like it was bad admitting you were gay in the 60s, okay? Mm -hmm. They don't want to get in the middle of that because they know the problems involved here um, and I really don't have an answer. I have clients that hire uh, security companies to come in and those security guards are armed, Mm -hmm. okay? And I don't know the answer to that because you're in close proximity to a schedule one drug with a gun. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know. really that, that, that's actually a very good point. And then you could even go a little bit further and say, like, if the gun see a lot of ways the feds regulate this too is because the guns and a lot of the parts and bullets and stuff are made from outside of the state, right? So that would, would be an interesting argument is if the gun completely was assembled, manufactured, built, and bullets and everything were done inside of Colorado, what would be the answer then? That's an interesting part.
0: Yes, but uh, we we got to say keep we this have Congress we gotta, we gotta clause
5: authority, so we're taking it.
0: Did you have something to say? We oh, you you, we were, you were saying so, No, not okay. All right, we're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep we this. To, we train. More yeah, we're, yeah, gonna yeah keep we're gonna keep this, gonna this roll train rolling. rolling. We gotta roll. We're gonna roll, we're gonna roll right on to Miss Mandy Tingler. She's the founder of the Women's Canna Awards. Who? Is gonna be coming up in March and make sure that you get your tickets to this amazing event, support some women, and some of these women are actually gonna be winning prizes to be in a dispensary near you. So make sure so make sure whatever you do that you enter the women's canna awards, if you are a woman-owned brand or produce some type of product like that or something like that. Mandy, just reach out to Mandy. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler.
4: good morning everybody carmen sacramento coming at you live from roseville california today for here at the hyatt nine news my story dropped originally on the associated press but here we go hyatt niners my headline reads new new mexico regulators revoke the licenses of two marijuana marijuana grow operations and levies two million dollars in fines New Mexico marijuana regulators on Tuesday revoked the licenses of two grow operations in a rural county for numerous violations and have levied each a $1 million fine. One of the businesses, Native American Agricultural Development Company, is connected to a Navajo businessman whose cannabis farming operations in northwestern New Mexico were raided by federal authorities in 2020. The Navajo...
0: Whoa. What happened, Mandy?
4: ...those operations. A group of Chinese immigrant workers sued Bagnali and his associates and claimed they were lured to northern New Mexico and forced to work long hours illegally trimming, trimming marijuana on the Navajo Nation, where growing the plant is illegal... In the notice made public Tuesday by New Mexico's Cannabis Control Division, Native American Agricultural Development was accused of exceeding the state's plant count limits, of not tracking and tracing its inventory, and for, not, for creating unsafe conditions. The other business to have its license revoked was Bliss Farm, also located in rural Torrance County within miles of Beniali's operation. The state officials said that two businesses east of Albuquerque are not connected in any way. The illicit activity conducted at both of these farms undermines the good work that many cannabis businesses are doing across the state. Clay Bailey, acting superintendent of the New Mexico Regulation and Licensing Department, said in a statement, The excessive amount of illegal cannabis plants and other serious violations demonstrates a blatant disregard for public health and safety and for the law. State regulators cited Bliss Farm for 17 violations. Regulators said evidence of a recent harvest without records entered into the state's track and trace system led to the division to conclude that plants were transferred or sold illicitly. Adam Oakley, an Albuquerque attorney representing the group of investors that own the rep operation, told the Associated Press in an interview that the company had hoped the state would have first work with it to address some of these issues before revoking the license. Claim that they did their best to get into compliance, but, quote, fell far below the bar. Also added that they were afraid that this state's action might discourage others from coming into the industry within the New Mexico borders. The company has invested tens of millions of dollars into the operation and will likely have to go to court to reopen the farm, Oakley said. As for Native American agricultural development, regulators said there were about 20,000 mature plants on site, which is four times more than the number allowed under its current license. Inspectors also found another 20,000 immature plants. The other violations included improper security measures, no chain of custody procedures, and ill-maintained grounds with trash and pests throughout. Compliance officers also saw evidence of a recent harvest, but no plants had been entered into the state's track and trace. The violations were first reported last fall by Searchlight New Mexico, an independent news organization. At the time, Navajo Attorney General Ethel Branch told the nonprofit group that the tribe and the Shiprock area still deserve justice for the harm done previously by the GROW operation that had been set up in northwestern New Mexico in the earlier years. Now, you guys... It's interesting to me that these operators were given licenses from the jump, which implies that at some point they had to have been in compliance during an inspection process. So it's interesting to me that the lawyer is quoted later on as saying that they did their best to get in compliance. Um, Additionally, this just goes to show you that when you decide to move into a compliant lane of the industry, You're going to be subject to following the rules and the expectations. There will be people checking up on you and there are people out there that want you to fail. So it's best to follow the rules and document every harvest and every plant and Mm -hmm. stay within your limits. One One of the other things that really just made me sad was that this has a strong tribal connection. So fellow correspondents, we definitely have a lot to talk about in this article. What do you have to say about this and this revocation of two licenses in New Mexico?
2: Um, I will say that I'll jump right in and say, yes, I agree, follow the rules. Many of the rules are stupid, but follow them until we can fix them number this the second one is there's a super double standard that happens in this industry i can go to a restaurant that can have rats running through the food and they get shut down for a period of time until they figure it out and fix it and then they get to reopen but a cannabis organization grows too many plants shuts everything down loses their license game over like come on man like for real
0: Mm -hmm.
5: for real son i I have questions about the amount of the fine there was a Supreme Court case, I think three or four years ago, M's versus Indiana, where they took a guy's um, sports car because he had a couple hundred bucks worth of Coke in the ashtray, and they applied the, the Eighth Amendment excessive fines rule to that. And I, I think that that's something I'd bring up here. A million dollar fine makes me think, is this an excessive fine? And I don't, I don't view a revocation as a fine. Um, that's a state law matter. But uh, this seems like a lot of money to be fined, and you have an opportunity to be heard about this. Do you really get notice, the chance to go fight against these, or it's just going to be rubber stamped on you? Very, very, very true. Very true, Dale.
1: Very, very. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we got to roll into this Let's next roll. one, y'all. Closing us out today is the Dope Dad, author, activist, entrepreneur, OG, trailblazer, warrior for justice, and living proof the real ones do still exist, our very own. Friendly neighborhood outlaw Luke Scarmazzo.
4: Oh, forget published author as officially. That's the first. That's
2: the first. The author. Yeah. <laughs> Buy that yeah. book. Buy that book, y'all. High yeah. price, man. Available on Amazon. Go cop it, man. The Luke Scarmazzo story it brings you back to the early days of pre prohibition, Prop 215 era medical marijuana program act. Anybody who's nostalgic for those times and how we used to get
0: like 4,000 a pound. uh, Yeah. Go check it out. 5,500 a (laughs) pound.
2: But uh, my story here is not on too great of a thing. Um, And you know, Hey, I'm not trying to be the downer here, but we, we cover the outlaw news over here. And when you're dealing with the neighborhood outlaw and well, this one is um, touches our uh, men and women who are in our armed forces. And uh, I support, all the people that that fight overseas I support everyone who joins um, all your sacrifices are uh, not not cherished enough let's say that and every everything that you guys should have coming should come to you but uh, you know we have to fight for some of that. so this is where this this story comes service members convicted of marijuana crimes by military again excluded from Biden's pardons coming to you from military.com. President Biden, J- Joe Biden, issued a new proclamation last month pardoning Americans federally charged with simple possession, attempted possession, and use of marijuana, but none applies to its service members. Don't feel too bad, service members, because I don't think none of that applies to anyone, but it's okay. A White House official confirmed to Military.com on Tuesday that Biden's December 22, 2003 proclamation did not apply to offenses under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, the federal body of laws enacted by Congress that applies to active duty military service members and some retirees accepting the pension. So Biden issued this thing last October for simple possession after he said he was gonna free everybody who was incarcerated for cannabis and zero out their records and expunge them. Didn't do that. Issued this proclamation uh, pardoning everybody for simple possession. And then they go another step further this during, you know, a few weeks ago and say, oh, we're doing, because we support cannabis, Like we're gonna do this other big pardon on everybody who also had simple possession and attempted possession and use of marijuana in DC and on federal lands. That's gonna be a real big splash, Mr. President. Let me just tell you, zero effect again. So this is like one of those things like where like and there's an article written in the Hill. Go check it out by Rachel Barclow and Mark Osler, who they 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 kind of touch a little bit on this, too. And talk about like, hey, look, uh, this is like one of those situations in like Christmas when they wrap a big present and then you open the present and then there's like nothing in it. That's basically what happened here. And, well, Rachel Barclow and and Mark also they they say it's like an old gag, right? And they said, you know, it's a popular misconception that people are molding their way in prison for simple possession. That just isn't true, and it hasn't been true for decades. So, you know, again, like, I don't want to be the person that like downs on anybody getting out because there were 11 people that were granted commutations in that proclamation. They didn't have any cannabis offenses, even though it kind of was alluded that they that they may have, you know, they didn't. Um, And listen, those people were in prison for some really unjust things. Those 11 people got their lives back. And that is awesome. There's 11,000 more people that have exactly that same similar situation in prison right now that aren't aren't getting these these uh, these pardons. So we have to fix that. We have to we can't rely on President Joe Biden or any other president for that matter to have to fix these unjust and just completely ridiculous laws that we have on the books that we're still continuing to to have, hold people accountable for. And here we're holding our armed Forces, people who served our country, people who are actively serving our country, people who are putting their life on the line because afterwards they want to use cannabis. They're not, they're not incapacitated while on duty or anything like that. This is dirty UAs. These dudes are getting, or these men and women are being drug tested, and then they're having these. Uh, penalties put onto them, and the president's saying, I'm not gonna pardon you, I'll pardon mm-hmm. everybody else, I'll pardon everybody on native lands, I'll pardon everybody on D.C., I'll pardon the whole United States, but you're not gonna pardon the people who serve the country? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, it goes on to talk about, while the president does have unilateral right to, under certain circumstances, uh, be able to, to to use his power to, to pardon these individuals, that um, he just he's just not doing it, and you know we we hope that, look, Mr. President, before you get out of office, it is such a low hanging fruit to release everyone who is incarcerated for cannabis. These are nonviolent offenders; they are sitting in prison for laws that really are antiquated and have your predecessor, Obama, called these laws outdated and unjust so we're almost 10 years removed from that and we still have people in prison that we have to get this we have to get this correct we can't rely on presidents to get this correct these proclamations that they're issuing they're hollow they're symbolic they're not doing anything they're not having any real world effect and we have to be able to uh have these we we have to be able to call it out when it when it happens i know like i'm not the person everybody wants to say oh like let's not call attention when they're doing something good yes there were good things that happened there but we do have to call attention when it's bs and these proclamations are bs they're not having any impact on the cannabis community they're not freeing any people who are incarcerated for cannabis and that's what we need done
0: facts 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 preach 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 preach, quick comments on this one we close out i mean i just i agree with everything luke said oh straight up
1: man yeah Free all of them. Straight pardon up. all of them. Let let it be washed out
5: tomorrow. pardon for everybody. Especially when he said non-violent. the president. Is- and I'm a veteran, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I was charged with manufacturing and distribution. Um, so I don't see anybody putting those on the list, but it was still a nonviolent crime involving cannabis. I don't know that they're gonna get to the point where they look at this realistically and know what the charging uh, decisions were. You gotta get to 100 plants or 100 kilos Mm -hmm. in order to make it worth their while or it's just a misdemeanor and they don't wanna bring them. So they wrapped a lot of this up in bullshit charges. Now it's just hard to watch people Play games with this because this is not a game. Luke and I had our lives turned upside down. At all, and that we still got a felony on our record for things that today we're getting a pat on the back and they're taking our tax money for. Them. Mm-hmm.
0: And 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 overtaxing. Don't forget that part, Dale. Overtaxing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Overtaxing. Always. Yep. Yes.
1: Yeah. All those. Yeah. Extras. But thank you all for joining us for another, yet another episode
0: of High Nine News. The second. Or is it third? It's the the third, third, bro. It's the third. Can you count? One, two, three. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Magic number, baby. Mm-hmm. Magic number. Mm-hmm. You that the T- T-
5: T- depository got him.
0: Exactly. I <laughs> <laughs> feel it in my
1: fingertips. Uh-huh. I bet. <laughs> big shout out to the super fans, showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen to our live audience and online supporters. Catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing this much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud media partners, uh, Adam over there feathering his hair so mm-hmm. eloquently. Yes, he might fly yes. away. You know? <laughs> Keeping the lights on and our AV struggles to a minimum. Always Cannabis, Steve L. The reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too. It has been Wednesday, the humpiest of all days. January 3rd, 2024. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lemit, the dopest dad on the street. Uncle Dale.
5: Tio. Loco. What you got? For oh, us man. man oh, man. Oh, man. Shout out to Shout out to Luke. Good job, Luke, tell that story. Um, and also, it, we're, we're just in the worst troubled times right now since I was in high school back in the 60s. And I just think we all gotta have a, a, a measure of hope here. Smoke a doobie, that's an old, old term. Uh, chill out a little bit, look on the bright side here. And just remember as John Lennon said, we're all fucking peasants. Let's just move forward and uh, join hands and see if we can fix these problems. There you go.